You're listening to DraftKings Network. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. God bless football, Billy Gill. God bless football, Mikey, eh? God bless football, Stu Gotts. And I got a question for you. Okay. I was just watching Hard Knocks, and Randall Cobb said that his kid's godfather is Aaron Rodgers. Ooh. And I'm wondering, was that the smartest business decision ever made in the history of the NFL? Yes. Make Aaron Rodgers your kid's godfather? <laughs> yes, so he takes care of you for the rest of your career. <laughs> and wherever he goes, you go because he wants to be near his godson. Yes. <laughs> I have a rude question. And he's got great eyes. I mean, Randall Cobb has a set of people. I got lost in those eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I have a rude question, and I don't, I don't want this to sound as rude as I, it will sound ultimately, right? But a part of the godparent thing is right is if something happens to you, then theoretically that person will raise your sure. children, help you raise your children, take care of your children, whatever, right? Do you want Aaron Rodgers raising your children? <laughs> it's a good question. It's a fair question. It's a, it's a fair, fair question. question. I, not that there's anything wrong with him. I just he seems like he likes to have fun and just you know, if he disappears for three days on like a wellness retreat or something, and like the kid like needs to be taken to school, how does that kid get to school? Rogers is like in a you know cave somewhere, or you know he's out at a Taylor Swift concert on a school night. Like what do we do? I would say this: um, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be the first person that had to grow up immediately once a kid entered the picture. <laughs> I mean, there could be worse options in terms of godfathers for former Packer quarterbacks. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. Tim Boyle. I was talking about Mikowski. I know who you were talking about. How do you say, can you say no if someone asks you to be a godparent? Can you say no? Sure. What do you mean? What do you think the percentage of that is? It has to be low, right? It has to be very, very low. I mean, it'd be if someone asked you to be the godfather of their child, that means you guys are really close. Like, Mike, that'd be hard for you to say no if someone asked you to do that. I couldn't do it. I've I've heard of it, though. Does the relationship end at that point? Yes. Yeah. It it changes. It definitely changes. Interesting. I mean, isn't Lebitard the godfather to uh, Chris Cody? Oh, I don't know. That can't be true, is it? Is that why Chris works with us? That was mean. I take that back. By the way, by the way, again, business hall of fame decision right there by Greg. (laughs) No doubt. Son's got a job for life and so does Greg. For life. (laughs) So does Greg. (laughs) What are we doing this week? Football's like right here. The season is going to start for real. 
Well, college football gets underway. Forget about week zero, okay? This is week one. It's a full slate of action. And then we have the NFL. Guys, we are here. We're here. It's not almost here. It is here. It starts this weekend. And then Thursday with the NFL. And I'm super excited for it. Oh, am I excited? I'm so nervous about the Jets. I do not know what to do. I don't know. I don't like these expectations. I don't like having a quarterback. There, I said it. Wow. I mean, you haven't played a game yet with the quarterback, and you already are so stressed out about that you don't like having one. I, I am, I am, I'm all over the board in terms of what I think this season is going to be. Like some days I wake up and I feel like, and Mikey, I know you're going through this as well. I feel like we're going to be 0-6 to start the season because the schedule is really difficult and we're the Jets. And some days I wake up and I watch Hard Knocks and I see Aaron Rodgers out there slinging the ball and Brees Hall's knee is getting healthy and they have two good running backs and they have skilled position players. Uh, the offensive line has some questions. They have a good defense. And some mornings I wake up and I think, oh my God, 15-2, and two, we're going to the Super Bowl. I am all over the board right now. I'm concerned about the Jets because I had my fantasy draft, and we'll talk about fantasy on this episode, and I have two yeah, Jets on my team, and I'm a right. little bit worried about that because I actually, wow. you know what? I have three Jets on my team, I just realized. Jesus. I have, I have Brees Hall, I have Nicole Hardman, and I just realized I drafted Aaron Rodgers just in case because I have uh, Joe Burrow, <laughs> so I'm probably not going to replace Joe Burrow, but if someone gets hurt, and Aaron Rodgers has these weapons. Well, Burrow is hurt, Billy, so that's a good job by you. Burrow's hurt. I don't think he's going to start the season. He started practicing. He started he practicing. Did. He'll okay. be fine. Don't worry. Uh, He'll be fine. I'm reporting it right Burrow. now. He's He'll be Joe fine. Burrow. Exactly right. He's fine. You're right. You're right, Billy. You're right. I'm sorry. I am sorry. Uh, how do you feel about the Dolphins not getting Jonathan Taylor? Were you okay with that? Yeah. I mean, I'm fine because also I drafted Raheem Mostert, so that's good for me. <laughs> Are all your opinions going to be formed by your fantasy team? I also drafted Jonathan Taylor. I forgot. I took him in like the fifth (laughs) round because I figured there was value there. No one cares about my team, but I may may have a terrible team. (laughs) Or an awesome one. Who knows? Holy shit. That is funny. How many leagues Uh, are you guys in this year? I'm in two. Just two. Have you done your drafts yet or no? No, I haven't done mine yet. I do mine the uh, – I have one, the big draft that I do every single year. That That is the – that is next Thursday. So I'll be doing it as the season kicks off. Oh, yeah. those are the best because what ends up happening love- is while the draft is going on, you have some random player just accumulating a bunch of points. You're like, this is going to be the steal of the draft this year. This person's a star. No one's going to know. And you reach on like the fourth receiver and they get you 20 points week one and then they don't do anything the rest of the season. Never hear from them again. Exactly. And you cut them. I can never resist that guy. I always take that guy like in the second round. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In the second round. (laughs) I mean, the draft starts right at eight, and if some guy has a big, you know, quarter and a half, I'm taking him. <laughs> then I guys, him. we did yeah. it. By the way, we did it, and I know you're wondering what we did. And if you have been listening to God Bless Football the entire offseason, <laughs> God bless you, number one, and number two, you'll know that we had Nitro on one week, and Nitro told us that he wanted to have us help him with his fantasy team, and that we came up with this ridiculous idea of having a fantasy expert come we on and bigger. help Nitro with his fantasy team. And then we actually did that. So on this week's episode, you're going. it's not going to happen just yet because we have actual NFL news and actual NFL reporters here. But later on in this episode, we're going to get to a fantasy expert helping Nitro with his fantasy draft, which is the strangest sentence I think we've said. The 
the fantasy expert is Michael Wright, fantasy footballers. Uh, they have a great podcast. They have figured out how to do fantasy football in a fun and different way, entertaining way. And so, yes, he will be helping Nitro uh, with his draft because Nitro asked Billy for help. And when Nitro asked for help, we get him help. We're also going to have Ian Rappaport on. We're also going to have Joe Thomas, the Hall of Famer, on with Mike Golick. So, uh, nice little episode before a week before the season here, Billy and Mike. I'm, I'm excited for it. God bless football. God bless football. Lots changed over the years. I used to be in great shape, a great athlete. Now I'm not, and it hurts when I get out of a chair. You know one thing that hasn't changed? The great taste of Miller Lite. It was the original light beer, and to this day, it's still the best one. Miller Lite has more of the taste you want, and less of the stuff you don't want. Sometimes you watch the game and you think, you know what would be fun? If I go and I compete against my friends in football, and then if I beat them, I'm going to have a really good time. But you know what's even more fun? Not even getting out of your chair and drinking a Miller Lite. Just sit back and take a sip. Ah, delicious. We can just bond and laugh with our friends. No injuries, no sweat, no embarrassment because you're not the athlete you used to be. Times change, but you can always enjoy the great taste of Miller Lite. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com GBF. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Hey, Ian. What's up? You, uh, you have a slower period now that uh, final rosters are out? Or is it busy still because uh, cut players are starting to sign? Um, yeah, I'd say most of that is probably done. Um, the whole cut down period is very stressful. So I'm, I'm glad when it's over, believe me. Still got it. Still got some things to cross off the list before the season, but I'm glad that that part's over. Well, I want to hear about this list of things you have to cross off before the season starts. Uh, Ian Rappaport, please tell us about it. What's on that list? (laughs) All right. So, um, you know, I mean, basically what we do is, you start training camp and you have a list of things that could happen. And I have actually have a whiteboard in my office right there. And I have, it goes from like players who could be traded. Uh, we got to cross off some yesterday, Jonathan Taylor, we did not cross off and contracts that could happen, crossed off a lot of those others. We did not holdouts, you know, Zach Martin ended his holdout. Um, that was good. Chris Jones still holding out. Nick Bosa is still holding out. Joe Burrow still doesn't have a contract. Justin Jefferson still does not have a contract. So there's like, you know, there's a lot of things that still need to happen. Um, But, you know, I would say probably went a long way in in handling a lot of those things over the last several days, which is why it's been extremely busy and pretty stressful. Ian Rappaport is with us. I have so many questions here, Billy, because I want to see the whiteboard and I want to go through his phone and start calling everyone in his phone. Well, Stugatz, I don't know if you've noticed, but he has behind him what looks like a coat rack full of probably hundreds of credentials just hanging out there behind him. And I'm wondering how far back those go, what the story is with those, what the coolest one on there is. I mean, I have so many. So these go back to when I was covering high schools for the Journal News in Westchester, New York, from when I was in Mississippi, when I was in Alabama, when I was in Boston and then Dallas. And now here I keep everything. And my plan was to put them all in a coat rack. And then if I ever had to do it, you know, a TV thing, which, you know, now I actually do that. But when I started, I didn't even know if it was possible. I thought it'd be really cool to have in the corner so people could know what events I went to. 
And then when I got my first home camera in Dallas for NFL Network, they were like, yeah, can you move that really sloppy code rack out of the picture? Because it looks like a mess. And I'm like, why did I keep all these things? <laughs> um, there's some, I mean, you know, we got. You go ahead. You look for them and I'll tell everyone NFL draft. The first, uh, the pick is in uh, premiered on August 25th and is streaming right now. Uh, on Roku, and Ian Rappaport is a big part of it, and uh, we'll talk to him about it in just a second, but he is looking through all his credentials right now, trying to find the good one for us. We got SEC Baseball Tournament, which is one of my favorite events to cover. There's a um, Southern Miss Tulane football game that I cover. There's, you know, literally everything. I, I never throw away anything, so it's fun to just sometimes go through, and what happens is my two boys will come in here with their friends, They'll just put some on and walk out with like, you know, five credentials around their neck. You know what I think is cool about this is that young journalists and people like up and coming in the industry will keep like their first credentials in the first time they went to a cool event and put it in a box, put it in a corner, whatever. And it's kind of cool to see someone of your stature still doing that, even though you're so established. Well, I mean, it's still kind of cool, honestly, like. You know, like you're not allowed to take a picture of your credential and put it on social media, but I would if I was allowed, you know, <laughs> like it's just, it's still every event you're like, you get to and you're like, ah, cool. I'm at Super Bowl. I'm at the combine. I'm at the draft. Or if there's ever, you know, if we ever go, like we go to a lot of horse races and sometimes you get bracelets, that's what they do mostly, but sometimes you get credentials and I'm like, all right, like this is a good one. Put it on the list, you know, or you go to concerts, it's just, you know. I like to collect things. Um, Are you a hoarder? I'm not a hoarder. I'm really not. I don't keep everything. Like, you know, there are plenty of, like, whenever I get a new T-shirt, I throw out an old T-shirt. I feel like that's a solid way to do it. I go through my closet once every year or so, and I throw out the T-shirts, shirts I don't wear. Credentials I just keep. It's fun to go through, and it's, you know, it's also, like, I've done a lot of things, um, and I have a lot of, like, really intense moments at this desk in my job. And then there's some times when I'm kind of just on a brainless phone call, not doing anything. And I'll kind of just go through and be like, well, that was a fun event. You know, like it's just it's a great trip down memory lane. NFL draft. The pick is in. It's streaming right now on Roku. It uh, premiered on August 25th. How'd you get involved with it? Tell tell the audience about it. You know, I get a I get a lot of calls from from different people. A lot of times when there's a number I don't recognize, I won't answer. I'll ignore it. But, you know, I got a call from somebody at a company called Skydance to kind of pick my brain and talk, you know, talk about the draft. And I kind of went through some things and, you know, I'm like, well, you know, and they're like we're doing a, you know, uh, all access draft documentary, which like, just so you guys know, the draft is my favorite thing we do by far. Mm-hmm. I love the draft. And I mean, if you've seen the documentary, you can tell, like, I have a blast. It's very intense, extremely intense. Like when the Texans traded up to three, you can actually see the reaction and see me get beeped out a little bit. But like it is, you know, every moment is like something wild could happen. And it's so fun. And I love it. But anyway, so there's a, a producer from Skydance just kind of picking my brain. And I'm mentioning people that you would be really good to follow around, good to talk to people who know a lot about the draft. And I'm about to end the conversation. And she was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, we want to follow you. And I was like, really? Like, yeah. I'm like, huh. I was like, well, I have a lot of private conversations. As long as those remain private, as long as you can just hear my end, which you you can. And obviously, they are so respectful and so professional. They protect everything. I'm like, you want to come on in? Like, 
come on in. Because you know, the only thing I really care about is because the draft is so fun and so wild. Like, I want people to like it like I do. You know what I mean? So, like, if they could show how awesome it is, like, come on. Like, let's let's hang out for three days. Um, and that's basically what it was. And, you know, you always hear on, on Hard Knocks when people are like, oh, you know, you forget the cameras are there. And I would kind of be like, okay, whatever. But it's really true. You just – you just have these conversations and you go through the moments. And like, there were a couple of times on the documentary where I'm like, did I say that? Were the cameras there? Cause you kind of forget. Um, but I thought, I mean, I expected it to be great. It was even better than I thought. It was just, anyway, it was, the whole thing was awesome. NFL draft. The pick is in, it's on Roku right now. Uh, what happened with the dolphins and Jonathan Taylor? Why did that deal Ian uh, not get done? Yeah, I mean, the you know the Dolphins and the Packers were the two teams that were in the mix for Jonathan Taylor. Um, both made offers. Both were real and legitimate. You know, in the end, Chris Ballard decided that it wasn't enough. And, you know, um, they didn't do a trade. And I thought a trade was going to get done. I think a lot of people thought a trade was going to get done. I still think a trade is going to happen. It just has not happened yet. So, you know, we'll wait. And, like, he's on the PUP list. He's not going to play with the first four weeks. He'll get fully healthy and ready to go. And then, you know, my guess is he ends up getting traded at some point in October because that's probably the logical ending of this whole thing anyway. Do you think that keeping him on the PUP is ultimately going to get them what they want for him because of an injury to a running back on a team or something? Or do you think that they may have shot themselves in the foot now and they're going to ultimately have to settle for a lesser deal? Well, there's two ways to look at it, right? I mean, someone is going to have a running back injury. Some contender is going to have a running back injury. Some con- Now, not everyone wants to pay a lot for a running back. Not everyone wants to trade for a running back. But because Chris Ballard didn't like the deals, didn't think it was enough, he gave himself more time to say, like, all right, maybe I'll get better. Or maybe not, you know, or maybe, like, I, you know, I don't, I don't, foresee him playing the season for them i don't i mean i guess anything's possible but it would be hard to imagine it happens under this current scenario but you can always trade him in the offseason you know i mean that's the thing like it's you know even though the deadline came and went and even though he's now in the pup plenty of options still exist the joe burrow contract that you talked about earlier the fact that it's not done it's on your whiteboard you need to check it off before the season starts it's a weird thing okay it's his contract not yours but you want it checked off and i understand that i get it uh when that contract is settled okay when they actually get around to signing joe burrow what do you imagine that contract's going to look like you know i'm sure he'll be the highest paid player in the nfl as he should should be be. should be um and that's not you know those aren't really the questions it's like you know, Brian A. Roth, the agent, has two contracts that he's discussing. Both these guys are going to be incredibly rich. You know, for Joe Burrow, it's just like how much above the highest paid does he go? And then I think for Nick Bosa, it's does he go above Aaron Donald or not? These are the questions. And, you know, it's a, a question of a, a couple million dollars, but these are important, you know, and it's a million dollars. and That's a lot of money. There are paths to get this done. There are places where contracts likely fall, but you know, you're not there yet. And I think, you know, the actual deadline, you know, Nick Bosa is holding out. So maybe that's a little different. Um, but I think with Burrow, the deadline is probably at the start of the season. So they still do have some time. And how about Justin Jefferson? Yeah, I mean, that's a little more complicated. 
um, because the receiver contracts, you know, there are some like Tyree Kill that are 30 a year, but if you actually look at it, it's not 30 a year. It's 30 with a huge number in the back end. And so, like, it's really just what do you want it to look like and how close to that 30 does he get in real numbers? It's almost like you have to take away the fake numbers and just do the real numbers. And how many years is he going to get? Like, there's a lot of, you know, the quarterback landscape and the pass rush landscape are much more defined. Receivers are all over the map. Um, that's probably a little harder to do. Now, he is unbelievably important to them. So my sense is at some point it'll get done um, because it's, you know, when two sides want to do a deal, usually they end up doing a deal. What is something in everyday life? Because you have all this information that you know and have retained on Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson. What is something in everyday life that your family turns to you asking you and you're just like, I don't I don't know. <laughs> um, so my wife and I and my wife is great. Um, we have very well defined roles. What we are good at, we do. What we are not good at, we don't do. She's good at everything. So she does a lot of things. I'm good at a couple things. So I do all the laundry because I'm great at it and she sucks at it. Nice. Um, I do all the dishes because she does a lot of the cooking. I do a lot of the smoking and she's kind of gotten into smoking as well, which is annoying because she also does it very well. So like she picked up about six pounds of beef ribs today. Oh, okay. That we kind of smoking. Okay, good. Yes. Thank, thank you for clarifying. We're good and bad. Oh at. yeah. No, 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 no. The good kind. Um, I'm good at smoking. She involving, started smoking. <laughs> the kind, the kind involving my my Traeger and delicious, you know, pork shoulder. And I smoked a pastrami uh, a couple months ago. That was amazing. But anyway, we, we're very clearly defined. And you know, we have a we have a family calendar that we share. We continuously update, so we're always on the same page with what our different children are doing and responsibilities and who takes people where. So basically, we're kind of like the Patriots. Whatever I'm good at, I do. Whatever I'm not good at, I never do. And so, like, we have one tool set in the house. I don't know what anything is. And if something is broken, she fixes it with whatever tools are necessary. We have a very simple, uh, finely defined way of doing things. I know a lot of people want to know the football things, but I'm more interested in this because I don't – what is your screen time like? Because I'll get home and I'll be on my phone answering emails or texts or whatever, work-related, and I'm nowhere near as busy as you are in terms of needing to get stuff out immediately. So how do you find a balance so that you're not at home doing that? Because when I'm doing it, my wife gets frustrated with me. So I imagine that you would be on your phone a lot as well. There's some ebbs and flows to the – the way the NFL day works, right? Like I would say from like basically when I wake up, well, maybe not when I wake up, maybe from like 8 a.m. on till about 4, 4.30, it's pretty steadily busy. You know, like I try to get in a Peloton at some point between then if I can, but it's really pretty busy. Who's your instructor? Um, I like a lot of the British people. So I'll do like Sam Yo, Leanne Hainsby, um, do a lot of Alley Love also, Alex Toussaint. I kind of mix it up a little. I, mine's mostly based on music. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy's big into Peloton, by the way, just so you know. You know, sometimes yeah. I'll just do like a stretch or like a meditation or like a 10-minute core class. 
And people will tell me that I'm not doing anything because I don't always have 60 minutes to ride. I mean, I do 30 minutes and it's 30 minutes is pretty hard and it's fine. Like, you know, the, the 10 minute core class, I would probably agree you're not doing anything. Um, oh, it's true, though. Um, you're not, Billy. I mean, yeah, you're not. <laughs> yeah, you're not. But, but basically, by the time you get to on a regular day, by the time you get to like 430, things have kind of calmed a little bit because the transactions for the day are basically done. Now, some things can happen that are you're, you know you put in a car earlier in the day, someone's coming out of meetings, they'll give you a call. But I try really hard that when I'm in this room, I'm on the phone and I'm working. And when I'm out there, when you know I, I do a lot of the boys' activities, uh, I take them to different practices and games. I spend a lot of time on the fields. I will always answer a text, but I try hard to be like, hey, is this urgent? If it's not, I'll call you when I get back home in my office where I'm away from everyone. Or I'll like answer it quick, send out a tweet and then be done. Cause like it doesn't, if I'm there, but I'm just like on the phone all the time, like that, I'm not really there. Like that doesn't help anyone, you know? Right. Schefter talks to us all the time. He's become a friend where it's caused friction with his wife at times. Okay. Because you never know. I know what you're saying. 430 days pretty much over, but news breaks all the time, especially in that league in the NFL. And he's told us of times where he's had to leave a party. He's had to get up and leave dinner. He's had to bail on his kids for certain things. So like, there's no friction there. You've never had moments like that. Uh, we definitely had moments. There's been friction, but I think one thing about the way my wife handles it is if there's something real, like, Hey, this guy's getting traded. I'm going to go deal with it. I'll, I'm, I'll see you later. Like if I get up, and she knows it's real. Like, she's never been like, why are you getting up from dinner? Because she knows if I do, like, someone's about to get a contract or trade it or it's, like, something important. If I'm mindlessly scrolling through my phone while we're watching a show or at breakfast or something like that or at dinner, it's like, hey, like, what are you looking at? You know, so I don't do a lot of that. But if I do have to get up and deal with it, she doesn't say anything because she knows it's important. Right. Uh, NFL draft, the pick is in. I love the NFL and I love the draft. I'm like you. And so this is like really inside access through the eyes and 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 mouth of, of Ian Rappaport and guys like Rich Eisen uh, following really four teams and their picks. So, Ian, again, because I think if you're an NFL fan, except for Levitard, you really love the draft and you want to know what goes in. Levitard doesn't NFL. like the draft. Levitard went on sabbatical from the Herald because he was covering the draft. <laughs> it almost forced him into retirement. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. the greatest thing ever. I don't, I don't understand, but anyway. No, but NFL fans agree, but it takes you, like, you're taking them inside the NFL draft. We all see what we see on TV, but you're taking them deep inside the NFL draft, right? Yeah, and, and like, it is, you know, it's funny because it used to be for, like, the super fans, but it's become so mainstream now. I mean, it's like a big festival. Draft yes. is the best, um, which is great for me because people get to appreciate why I like it so much. So I'm a big fan of that. All right. We appreciate you. Thank you for the time. Good luck with the stuff on Roku, and uh, good luck getting your whiteboard cleared before the season starts. Thank you, guys. Great talking to you. I appreciate it. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. 
With kids, it's hard to find the time to go out to a restaurant. Just head over to my fridge, got a meal out for me, a meal out for my wife, heated it up, and we were good to go. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Get pancakes, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Head to factormeals.com slash GBF50 and use code GBF50 to get 50% off. That's code GBF50 at factormeals.com slash GBF50 to get 50% off. Stugatier guys, listen up. 52% of men over 40 experience some form of ED between the ages of 40 and 70, but it's always been a taboo topic. Hims provides access to clinically proven generic alternatives to Viagra and Cialis up to 95% cheaper with options as low as $2 per dose, plus a range of other treatment options, including new sex chews. The process is simple and 100% online. No uncomfortable doctor's visits. Answer a series of questions on their site. A medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash GBF. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash GBF for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash GBF. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. Sex choose are compounded products and have not been approved by the FDA. The FDA does not verify the safety or effectiveness of compounded drugs. It is time for this week's edition of Studio Gats, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code STU for a special offer when you sign up. That's code STU only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And, of course, all the lines here on God Bless Football on Studio Gats are courtesy of our friends over at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Last year, college football. Good year. 67-53-1. I picked way too many games. Two and three last week, week zero. Week one is here. Full slate of college football action. Football is back. Let's get to the games for week one. Hawaii at home. Take it on Stanford. The Rainbows are plus three. I want you to buy this up a half point to three and a half in the event that Stanford wins by a field goal. Okay, you've covered yourself. Hawaii's going to win the game outright, though. Stanford. Terrible last year, and I think they'll be terrible again this year. I have no idea who's on their team and who their coach is, but I think they're going to be bad. Hawaii wins the game outright. They cover the spread. Hawaii wins by seven points at home. We go to Tulane in South Alabama. I'm going to ride the green wave. Tulane is at home. They're favored by six and a half points. Listen, I know Alabama's good. I have no idea if any team to the north or south of Alabama is any good. Make sense? I'm going to go with it. I want you to buy this down a half point to minus six. Tulane wins and covers. They win by 13 points. Rutgers at home. Take it on Northwestern. It is six and a half points. Rutgers is favored. Buy it down a half. Buy it to minus six. In case, in the event that you think I didn't do any research for this stuff, the last time Northwestern won a game in the United States of America, it was October 16th, 2021. How about that? Think about that for a second. Okay? October 16th, 2021. Who'd they beat? They beat Rutgers. Huh? You know what the R in Rutgers stands for? Revenge game. Rutgers blows out Northwestern at home. It's minus six. And Rutgers wins the game by 21 points at home. 
We go to Purdue. They're taking on Fresno State. Purdue is minus four. I have Purdue winning the game by 10 points at home. They cover the spread. Washington, minus 14, taking on Boise State. I want you to buy this down. Buy a half point down to 13 and a half. Washington wins the game. They cover the spread. Washington by 17 points at home. We go to Florida State. Game of the weekend, perhaps. Florida State, plus two and a half. They're at home. Take it on Brian Kelly. Boudreaux Kelly with an X. Okay, they're plus two and a half. I want you to buy the half point up to three. Florida State plus three at home. They win the game outright. They beat LSU by seven points at home. They cover the spread. And finally, Clemson is at Duke. Clemson minus 13 on the road against Duke. I can't stand Duke. Just everything about them. Clemson wins the game. They win it by 21 points on the road against the Blue Devils. So Clemson covers the spread. Those are the picks for week one in college football. I am going, I think, 7-0. I'm not certain how many games I picked. Good luck, everyone. Dan Nitro Clark is with us. Uh, you have the sixth pick in your draft, okay? So you're going to be able to ask Mike Wright, who is one of the fantasy football experts in our country. In fact, their podcast is, I think, number one right now on all the charts ahead of us. I don't like that, Mike, but we'll have you on anyway. Hey, we have we have a brief period where we get to catch and pass you guys. <laughs> and, then, and then months and months where we stare up. And we're like, oh, these... these guys with their like all around sports not niche fantasy football show <laughs> but it's a great podcast it's a fun spin on fantasy football they're doing it differently so dan nitro clark you said this is your first year playing fantasy football this time you were on with us and so billy went out and said we will not have one of these guys on from this uh from the fantasy footballers okay unless they come on to give dan nitro clark fantasy advice so you will have the chance here nitro to ask any fantasy questions that you might have and you'll be able to ask them to an expert okay perfect all right but before we get to that i want to know where is my hgh that's what Mm. i need to know okay (laughs) well you know h2 hgh is like old technology hgh is putting artificial growth hormone into your body and mm-hmm. sometimes that's a compress to suppress your own production. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of things called uh, therapeutic peptides, which are amino acid blends that you inject that do the same thing that they stimulate your own body's creation. So we'll get you over some ipermorelin or something, some morelin or you know something like that to get you kicked up. Okay, but we said that last time. I still yeah. don't have any. You were supposed to put me in touch with one of your people. I, what's going on here? I need I need steroids. You know, it's Stephanie at Novus in Studio City. I'm going yeah. to introduce you to Stephanie. Yes. You know what's funny? Yes. What, what Her biggest client, who's like, she doesn't give out names, well, let's not actually name names was listening can. to the podcast. <laughs> and he reached out to her and he said, you know, this guy's a gazillionaire. And he said, you know what? He says, I was listening to my favorite podcast, sports podcast, and I heard you mentioned on it. So you might have free treatment coming now, Stu. Oh, wow. Mike, let me just catch you up. The last time we were on with Nitro, he tried to get Stugatz on a testosterone uh, replacement uh, treatment system. Well, I did not try to get him on anything. Uh, and he we tried to sell us. It. He sold us on the positives of steroids also. <laughs> kind of reckless. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what awesome. Yeah, I was begging him. Come on, Stu. You can do it. Now, you can I rise. Mean, you to, like, All the cool kids out, are doing right? it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. All right, Nitro, this is your opportunity. You're playing fantasy first time, okay? Uh, so this is your opportunity to ask an expert whatever questions you might have. You have the sixth pick in your draft, correct? Yes, I have the sixth pick in the draft. Okay, so go ahead. Fire fire away, Nitro. 
I, so I want you to talk to me like uh, I'm a kindergartner, right? Mm-hmm. Talk to me because I've never played this before. Tell me some of the strategies behind it, what to do with the number six pick, what to do with the guys on the bench. What do I value? Do I value, you know, a, like a Patrick Mahomes or do I, uh, you know, go after receivers, running backs and McCaffrey? I, I have no idea. So explain to me the initial strategy. Sure, I'd say. I mean, the way you're talking, you already have some idea. So we're we're not at the absolute basement. Step one, we always recommend you have to know everything about your league. So, like the highest level thing is how many people are in it. Is this eight teams, ten, twelve? It's a ten, ten teamer. Yep. Yeah, okay. That was Nitro holding his uh, both hands up, uh, showing him that the ten teams were in it. Yeah. Yeah. So that that definitely changes some strategy things, which I'll get into. And then, what is the scoring format? As in uh, so, points, you get points. <laughs> okay, all right. So what I mean by so you get like no, no, no. a point per reception. Do you get a half yeah. point per reception? Do you even know what you get per reception? No, it's a Yahoo league. It's okay. the Yahoo fantasy football. Is there a standard for the fantasy football? I think it's the standard one for so Yahoo I put, fantasy. I think I'm pretty sure that Yahoo has moved there. It's confusing because we call a scoring format standard, but. Yahoo, I believe, starts their leagues at PPR, which stands for a point per reception. So that changes a bunch of your strategy because now a player simply has to catch a ball to get a point, which some people like. Like the the older school fantasy people, they're not really into it because like you had guys like Julian Edelman where they're just his yardage wasn't tremendous, but he would always catch so many passes. And he would catch a pass for two yards and you're like that's 1.2 points, and then, mm-hmm. and then you have running backs carry the ball for 10 yards. You're like, that's one point. Like, well, how is this fair? But mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is this is the way that it works. So it's all about knowing uh, how it functions. So in your Yahoo, somewhere in there, there's going to be uh, your your settings, your league settings, something like that. And you can look at that, and it will give you the, the breakdown of all, how all the scoring happens. Generally, what it will probably be is – a point per reception for everybody, then yards for running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. It'll be 0.1 per yard. So the math is real easy. 10 yards is a point. And then you look at the quarterback is either going to be a point per 20 passing yards or for 25 passing yards. I can't recall which one Yahoo goes with as their their default. So that that's where you start. And then you got to think about what is the goal of this league just full-on winning destruction at any cost i have no rooting interest i just want i just want to dominate people or you're like no i I just want to have a good time what what are the objectives so we each put in a 250 bucks Mm. so it's a money so uh, the winner the winner takes dough so uh, winner takes all no the winner there's a first second and a third and most points Okay, but that that's still, I mean, we've got 2500 bucks and then divvied up between the 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 top 3. So you so you want to win, right? So you just you're you're going in. This isn't like dip the toes in, learn how to play fantasy football, enjoy Sundays a little bit more. This is this is win. Okay. Oh yeah, I definitely want it. You know, and, and for me the money is fucking nitro, big. man. <laughs> well, I mean like like to me, to, to me it's not the money. To me the money is yeah, okay. You know, right. I probably donated. I probably sent. I buy Stu's uh, HGH form and send it oh. to all the money. 
but, okay. but it's uh, Wait, so now is that on me? Am I- <laughs> <laughs> now it's on you. But so- it, it, you know, to me, these these are a bunch of Type A guys. They're all competitive. Not, all, most of okay. them are in the entertainment okay. business. They all want to win. I'm sure they hire people. They hire people. They do stuff to. I don't even know if they play for themselves. You know, these guys are competitive mothers who want to win. And okay. I, I got sucked into this because, oh, you played. This should be easy for you. Ha. You can beat all of us. And that's, uh, uh, you know, who's your like a trap. Is there anyone famous in this league, Nitro? Besides you, of I course. Can't, I can't say. Oh, come on, Nitro. Oh. Oh. Wow. No, there's nobody very, very, very famous. But there's some people who are, you know, do very well in the entertainment industry. Okay. Oh, all right. So Go ahead, Mike. Who's, who's your NFL team? Well, I played have- for a minute with the Rams. So, okay. uh, you know, they still invite me to, you know, the alumni games or, or the games and as an alumni, and I get to sit up in the box. So uh, I guess it's only right for me to say the Rams. But what I mean by that is then do you feel like if you draft Christian McCaffrey, uh, which you won't get him at the 106, but like does the idea of having him – Helping you win? Does that feel bad? No. Okay. God, no. Okay. Okay. Well, that, that's, no, no, that's, no, no, that's no. Look, I, I, look, it's about, about winning. I, you know, this is a game. And it, you know, you just put your things up. I, you know, do you have to do? Do, do guys juice to play fantasy? Mm. <laughs> it's a good question. It's a good What's question. So like you, what you, you so play faster? Couple of Red Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the juice in the league. Okay. But Nitro, here's the deal. Like, I'm a Jets fan, and if Josh Allen is sitting there and it's good value for me, I'm taking Josh Allen. And I'm probably rooting for him to have a good game against the Jets. Like, that's just – that's the way it works, you know? Yeah. That's the moral conundrum. Yeah, it's transactional. That... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, no, it's perfect. transactional to me. This is transactional. I do love me some Patrick Mahomes after watching that Netflix show, uh, football, whatever it was. I, I love me some Patrick Mahomes. I got new, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got some new love for Kirk Cousins as a player. Mariota, not so much. Well, don't take Kirk Cousins too early. You can wait on him. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. In so fact, then, I, I'm guessing Mike. I'm guessing Mike Wright would tell you not to take a quarterback with a six pick in the draft. That would be. That would be. One hundred percent. Really? Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, Mike, I want to remind you, it's his first time playing fantasy yeah. football. He's Dan Nitro Clark. He's a busy sure. guy. There is no way he knows all the rules to the league. Hold on, right? I have a question. Nitro, when is your draft? Coming up this week, Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay. Oh, I think and it's Wednesday, yeah, Billy. Yes. Mike, Wednesday night. Yes. Mike, Billy. what are you doing Wednesday night? Yes, Billy. Uh, this this Wednesday? Yeah. I think I'm open. There you go. Nitro. I mean, you may have a guy right here, an insider. <laughs> Don't even take notes. A little HGH for drafts. That's exactly right. See what I'm saying? Nitro, how are you doing the draft? Is it like in a Zoom? Is it online? Are you doing it in person? Oh, you can cheat. I think it's Zoom. Okay, so so we're going to sneak Mike in. He's going to be your ringer. He's going to help you pick your team on the fly as you do it, you know? Oh, that'd be perfect. Is it? Do you have that much time? These guys are telling me it's like 90 minutes. Yeah, I mean, look, look. You you uh you took care of a lot of time for me when I was a kid. Exactly. Watching you yeah. just beat the crap out of people. Yes. And that freaking theme song firing me up. But so I mean it it sounds I I can double and triple check everything, but we can certainly offline this and and figure it out. Incredible. And, and if I got the time, I'm happy to jump in and help. What is your health regimen like right now, Mike? Like are you are you happy with the way your body looks or can we maybe like do an exchange here of sorts, you know what I mean? Uh, we're doing all right. Try to try to get a. Uh, I do a lot of uh, like Peloton riding, okay. do some some lifting, but you know most of us live at home in our mom's basement, so 
But you or, feel like maybe or, nitro could help you out with some supplements or something to do better, and then maybe, maybe. you know nitro my, nitro hooks you up, you hook nitro up, you know? Yeah, no, certainly possible, certainly right. possible. So I've, I've looked it up, at least according to June first, twenty twenty three. Default is one quarterback, two running back, two wide receivers, one tight end, one flex kicker and defense. So that answers that changes strategy as well knowing how many guys you're going to start. So because you're in a 10-team league, 10 quarterbacks start, two wide receivers and a flex, that means each team could have up to three wide receivers playing. So it's supply-demand, right? If you have to play three of them and only one quarterback, then the wide receivers are actually going to be more important for your team. And oh, good point. So quarterback and tight end are often that way. Like you treat it as... You don't want to use your, your expensive picks, what we call your, your high draft capital, those early rounds, generally speaking. Now, at the 106, you're probably in Travis Kelsey territory. He's kind of the only tight end that's worth taking in a first round. If, you're, if you were in a 12-team league, I would tell you don't do it. But because you're in a 10-team league, again, supply and demand and a four bench. Like, um, have, you, have you ever heard the term waiver wire yet? Is that new? Yeah, yeah. I, I played fantasy basketball about 15 years ago. Perfect. My wife, my wife divorced me after that. That, that wife did. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no! Was oh, we, we got a wife up. left me joke. This... No, that's not a joke. Oh, well. <laughs> that's the sad part. Because in that, in in, in, in basketball, did you win the league at least? Wire, I think I took second for my first. Oh, time. so you lost the league I, I really and your marriage, right? Well, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> That was okay. It was good Seems room. like that was the win for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you're up on the on the NBA. You're up every night on the wave wire at midnight. Yeah. We were, you know, again, there's a bunch of Hollywood dudes again, and everyone's just so competitive. And you know, with the writer strike now, uh, actor strike, everyone's out of work. It's all fantasy all the time. Mike, I have a question on Nitro's behalf, something that he should consider. So if he has the sixth pick and Travis Kelsey's available, it's someone he should consider, right? But at what point in the tight end pool should he say, you know what, I'm moving on. I'm going to go back to the other positions and not take some mid-level tight end in the third round when I have other possible positions available. Sure. My rule this year has been first round, depending on your, your league format, if you're in the middle of the first, Travis Kelsey's in play for you. If if you don't get Kelsey, third round, Mark Andrews is close to an automatic pick at, at that point. If you again, this it's it's all supply and demand, knowing things. And then in the the fifth or the sixth round, I love Darren Waller for like we got traded up to the New York Giants. All training camp reports have been Darren Waller is the guy. We got a little bit of preseason action with Daniel Jones and Darren Waller, and it was like one drive of those guys, and he got three or four targets right away. And that's like, oh, holy crap, Darren Waller is going to be a huge part of the Giants. So if I'm in the fifth or sixth, then Darren Waller is interesting. Other than that, I'm just, I just wait till the end, right? And well, I, what about I take... the San Fran tight end? I thought he was a, a baller. So this is – George Kittle is like Kittle. the – He's like a poster boy for the difference of NFL and fantasy football because NFL wise, I mean, top three tight end. I don't like however people want to rank him. He's just he is one of the best tight ends in the league, but he's so good at blocking and he's asked to block a lot, specifically pass block. 
And if mm. your guys are pass blocking, they can't run yeah. around. They can't get a target. So it he he will have probably four to five games throughout the year where he just absolutely goes nuclear, wins people a week. But then you're going to have so many times where he won't be involved. Like he's not the number one target in on the team. He's not the number three target on the team. You have Christian McCaffrey, or I'm sorry, at the top Debo. Then I'd go CMC, then Brandon Ayuk. I'm just, you know, talking like the order of the offense, building games around players. So he gets drafted so high because he, he, Kittle does, he puts up really big games, but then he puts up a lot of really bad games. So it's just, it's not worth passing the players where he goes. So let me look real quick. So George Kittle, right around him is, like if if you select George Kittle, you're bypassing uh, Amari Cooper. Who wide receiver of the Browns. Damian Pierce, who running back for the Texans, is certainly on the rise. Uh, Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore, like really, really good players who are going to be great for fantasy football. And they play in those positions where you need multiples of them. So George Kittle for us, well, he, like he's just he's just the best, man. Like he's just watch any interviews with Kittle, he's so much fun and he's such a good real life player, but it doesn't always translate to fantasy. So back to overall the running back position. It is much harder now in fantasy football because the the NFL has moved to the, the the platoon, and that affects what running backs can do for you. In the first round, Christian McCaffrey is worth the anywhere from the first pick down. Austin Eckler worth anywhere from the second pick on. Um, and then the other let's see wide running backs I would take in the first. Late first round, I'm fine, especially in a PPR with with uh, with Bijan and Saquon. Those are kind of my first round graded running backs for for fantasy football this year. But because you're in a PPR, you can value running backs who who other fantasy players aren't going to want. Like I'll give you a name, and this is this is later on in the draft. Uh, let me see where he's going. So right now, Antonio Gibson of the Washington Commanders, he's being drafted. Uh, his average draft position or ADP is in like the back of the eighth-ish. And I think he's going to be very valuable for there. He is taking on J.D. McKissick's role for that team. McKissick had a series of unfortunate neck injuries. He had to retire. But now Antonio Gibson might get used the way he should have been used, the way that we have screamed at Ron Rivera to actually use him. But he's in a platoon, but he's going to catch the ball a ton where his teammate won't. Uh, so it's just it's finding those types of running backs, which you can get them later, uh, and and focus heavily on wide receivers at the beginning of the draft, or you get one of those big time running backs. So if if at the one hundred six, my advice would be, I'm interested in Travis Kelsey. I don't know if he'll make it to one hundred six, but if if Kelsey's not there, it would be Eckler, and then whoever is left of the the big wide receivers, and the big wide receivers this year would be uh, Justin Jefferson. He won't be there. Jamar Chase probably won't be there at 106. But then you have Cooper Cup and Tyreek Hill, who may be there. Like I don't. I leagues are always so wild, especially when you have some newer players, like. Guys who you would not expect to get drafted early, they just they just end up getting drafted early. 
Got it. So I just got a text back. It's quarterback, receiver, receiver, running back, running back, tight end, flex, K, kicker, I guess. Kicker, and then yeah. That, that, those and then those uh, positions, he, don't give two farts about that position. That's your, two, that's your two final picks. Or if your league allows it, don't even draft a kicker. Just say, screw this crap, and Love you it. draft a – Sorry, I'm trying to trying to. I know he's got to have a kicker tips. going into the first week, Mike. He has to. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that right. makes so. Anyway, so go ahead and draft him. But just the final two picks of the draft will be your kicker and your defense. Don't even don't even sweat about those. And for defense, oh god, no, giving kicker advice is the worst. <laughs> but kickers, who you want? Someone who plays inside and someone who plays on a better offense. Those are kind of the two tips. And then defense, just look at who they're playing week one. That's all you need to care about. Are they at home? That's a bonus. Uh, is their opponent a weak? Wait, 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 go back. So defense, do you pick each week or do you draft a defense? So Nitro, what he's saying is you work the waiver wire for your defense on a week to week basis, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Stugatz. It's yep. it's um but you do yeah, you, you will have a defense every single week and you you will draft one, but I'm saying the one that you want to draft is look at who they're playing, and if you think that team stinks that's the defense you want to go after. But throughout the course of the season, a defense is something that you can just churn and burn. You can replace that position each and every single week. What's up, guys? How's everybody doing today? Hey, we're Joe, teaching you're Dan Nitro Clark how to play uh, fantasy football is what we're doing, oh, Joe beautiful. <laughs> this sounds like it's going to be a long season. How you doing, Joe? <laughs> no, I'm doing good. <laughs> good to see you, man. Yeah, good yeah. Which, I've never played. I'm out here in Los Angeles uh, in Hollywood. I'm playing in my first league. Uh, I'm playing with a bunch of uh, Hollywood guys and an English guy. You know, I got to beat the English guy, right? He doesn't have football uh, yeah, in the country. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all setting me up. They said, oh, you played for a minute in the league. You're, you're going to beat us easily. You know football. <laughs> they're setting me up, right, to fail. So <laughs> I called my boys over here, uh, you know, and they're uh, giving me a little bit of um, fortification. They're helping my uh, – uh, hopefully help my fantasy game. Right. In exchange for steroids, Joe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be clear. HGH. HGH. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Joe, how, Joe, how are you feeling? You feeling okay, or can we get you set up on some sort of cycle? Sure, I'll take whatever you guys are passing out. It sounds oh, like you, uh, you guys got it all dialed in here with <laughs> fantasy football and the performance enhancers. Wait, Joe, do you need any fantasy advice from Mike Wright from the fantasy footballers at all? Sure. Yeah. Who who's who should I take? Who's the sleeper? Although I don't play fantasy oh. football, I just tell my wife who to take, and she doesn't listen anyway. So <laughs> you're better off just saving your breath. I can give you a couple sleepers if you want them. Yes, yeah, I'll take them. Right. Everybody yeah, wants a ahead. good sleeper, right? Me? Cool. So later round running back, I'd throw out the name Khalil Herbert of the Chicago Bears. He looks locked in as the number one mm -hmm. running back for that team. Chicago is mm -hmm. going to be really interesting after they've kind of. You know, they made some moves on the offensive line. They added DJ Moore into the passing game. Can we can we open up the run a little bit more? And at least for the first half or so, Khalil Herbert's job seems really safe. Looks like Roshan Johnson, fourth-round rookie running back for him. He'll make some noise later on in the year. But to start, Khalil Herbert looks pretty locked in. And then uh, the, the couple rookies, the rookie wide receivers. So I love Zay Flowers of the Baltimore Ravens. We have the draft capital, so that, that does make a huge difference if you're drafted in the first. Todd Monken, the offensive coordinator, he comes over and he takes – he's going to give us the, the, the high-T old man Ravens. 
going to get rid of that. We're going to get a fast pace. We're going to get a whole bunch of passing uh, work out of Lamar. Like this is this is the year, man. This is we we get to see for sure. Is Lamar Jackson really that guy? I think we're going to find out quickly that he is indeed that guy. Uh, so I really I'm bullish on the Baltimore Ravens, uh, and you can get him a little bit later in your draft. And then Jordan Addison, the rookie wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Blitnikoff Award winner, which is in college. He One of his years was the best wide receiver. He gets to play with Justin Jefferson. Like, he he doesn't have to go be the number one right away. Justin Jefferson can take all the, the, the strong corners away. Just leave Jordan Addison out there. Just rip it off. You had last year, Adam Thielen ran, I believe it was, the second most routes in the NFL because Jefferson was the most. Like, that means we got a lot of opportunity. We got a team that projects to have a bad defense. That means that they have to win through offense. More passing attempts, more touchdowns. We love that. They play inside, so they're they're eight or nine. I don't remember how they work the, the split with the 17 games, but we get half their games at least inside. And Kirk Cousins, like I'm I'm actually on Team Cousins. It it's been a very lonely place. You hmm. take you take pot shots all the time. I'm just saying I think Cousins is an, an above-average quarterback, and the fact that Minnesota fans are so quick to want to get rid of him. Like, do you people know what can happen to your team? Like, you can go into the dump forever and never reemerge if you don't get a quarterback. So the fact that you have one, just enjoy it. He's very capable. He's, he's a little bit of a goofball, but Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers love targeting them later on in the draft. All right, we have to uh, Nitro, 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 I love you, I love you, okay? But we have to let you go. You have Mike Wright. He's going to do the draft with you, okay? Because Joe Thomas looks incredibly bored right now. I need to get to Joe Thomas. He just does. I don't know. Don't be offended by that. Uh, check Check out Mike's podcast, The Fantasy Footballers. It is fantastic. It's ahead of us right now in the rankings. It pisses me off, but it's because they have great information. They do a good job with it. And, of course, check out Dan Nitro Clark. Nitro, we're going to have you back after your draft, okay, to break down your team. Uh, Check him out. Former pro football player, American Gladiator, number one best-selling author, uh, author, TV host, entrepreneur, and speaker. He's a talented guy, plus he owes me some steroids, all right? Uh, Thank you both. We appreciate it. I really appreciate it, man. Anytime. Okay. There is Joe Thomas, the Hall of Famer. I asked him to wear his Hall of Fame jacket. He's not wearing his Hall of Fame jacket. Ah, wait, it's, <laughs> it's not on? It's an invisibility <laughs> Hall of Fame jacket. And Golik fresh back from a, a trip to Ireland. I think you went there, Joe. Did you not? Yeah, so I was there actually last year in the spring for Alex Mack, great center that I played with in Cleveland, finished in San Francisco for his wedding. He married a gal from Dublin. Really? We went over there for the wedding and then made a little week-long trip of it, me and my wife. Yeah, it was Oh, awesome. so did you, did you hang out in the Temple Bar area, which is kind of like Bourbon Street down in New Orleans, yeah. where as long as you don't act, act like an ass, you can walk around and drink? I mean, it's really nice. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I, I loved it. Um we were only in Dublin for one night, but we had a great time, and we spent most of the rest of the time kind of in the western part, right. in the southern part, because we um, he got married at Adair Manor, and then we rented a car and, and kind of drove the coast on our way back to Dublin before we flew out. It, it's great out there. Stu, it's the first time I ever did Lynx Golf, uh, Castle Rock, mm. Ardglass, two places I played. It was it was fantastic. I figured out a little secret when I was in Ireland because I like to drink my beer a little quicker than they do because over in Ireland, they pour about half of it and yes. then they let it sit. Yep. And then they'll pour another half. Right. So if you order a beer, it takes a little bit of time. So I started ordering them two at a time 
kind of like Wolf of Wall Street. Like, hey, just keep bringing them and just line them up because I'll drink them faster than you can pour them. So if you go to Ireland, always order two Guinnesses at a time. Joe, I have a question for you. Congratulations, obviously, on making it to the Hall of Fame. Um, are you concerned you. you made it too soon? Because like no, now, yeah, now you have terrible. nothing, you have nothing to look forward to. That's right. I'm so yeah. worried. I peaked way too early. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's going to be a tragic existence after this. Having to be a Hall of Famer at 38. No, it's a fair question because Baselli, who I helped get into the Hall of Fame, of course, everyone knows that. Uh, Baselli waited a long time, so we always had something to look forward to. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, th- maybe there is a little bit of an argument to say, like, hey, it's probably going to mean more if you you kind of fought through several years where you no. weren't sure if you were going to make it or not, and then no. you finally made it. Joe, uh, Joe, says, Joe, Joe, do don't fall for their bullshit. Possible. <laughs> don't. Every time I got to come on here with a former player or a coach, I wait for them to say something embarrassing, and Billy started it off there. How so? I you think that if you're a first ballot Hall of Famer, that maybe that wasn't the good thing. I want, if Billy were here, I'd slap him across the face right Whoa. now. Oh, <laughs> beautiful. I love it. I mean, come on. Being a first ballot Hall of Famer, even in the Hall of Fame, which, by the way, I have to pay to get into, even though (laughs) even in the Hall of Fame, there are separate rooms. And Joe was in the top room of the Hall of Fame. I mean, that's that. I know all the Hall of Famers are are all feel on the same level. And I get it. I I understand that first ballot. But but listen, there's just some that are different and are are different rooms. and, And that's that's where Joe is. And I remember, mm-hmm. God, way back in 07, me and Greeny doing Mike and Mike and and, and looking at pictures of Joe fishing on on, uh, on draft day. <laughs> that was just awesome. The thing I always like to ask, Joe, is because whenever we're kids, you know, whether it's you're hitting a home run in the backyard or making that shot in the backyard thinking this is for the NBA title or home run for the World Series or scoring a touchdown – it never no one ever is playing football in the backyard and said i'm going to be in the hall of fame it's always mm-hmm. scoring a touchdown or making a play mm-hmm. at what point in a private moment did you did you believe i i i'm going to end up in the hall of fame yeah so actually i remember kind of that moment it was when i was elected to my 10th straight pro bowl i kind of knew at that point like there's not many guys that made 10 Pro Bowls to start their career that are not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, so I feel like my case is is pretty good at that point. And, you know, if you make eight, seven, nine Pro Bowls, you feel like you're probably going to get in, but I'm sure right. you may have to wait a little bit. Um, but 10 was a big number because obviously it's, it's, a, it's a big even number. It's two digits, which as a lineman, <laughs> sometimes it gets hard to count into those two digits. But uh, it was very meaningful just knowing that there was a very small class of guys who had made 10 straight Pro Bowls to start their career, and all of them were in the Hall of Fame. So I felt very happy on the election to my 10th Pro Bowl. Uh, Mike, I don't ask you this to put you in a bad spot. I ask you this because you're an expert, you play in the NFL, and you know line play, and you like to discuss line play. Uh, Joe Thomas, for you, ranks where in terms of best offensive lineman ever? Oh, I mean, listen, he's right up there. I I, I put, you know, Anthony Munoz right there. Joe, as they say, is right there with, with those, with the Anthony Munoz of the world, the Jonathan Ogdens of the world. You go back years as well. I mean, he's right there. That's what I mean. There, there's He's in, he's in the top special tackle. class. The yes. the that he's in that room. I mean, he's a guy who could dance with anybody, who could punch with. Anybody. As they say, old lineman, you got to have the feet of a dancer, the hands of a boxer, and he did. And he played for so many different quarterbacks and so many different left guards that were next to him <laughs> as well. I mean, so no, he's he's right there. 
you know, with the top group of, of tackles to ever play the game. Joe, uh, do you know exactly how many quarterbacks you block for? Uh, I think it's like 21 or 22. I know I blocked for 20 starting quarterbacks. Um, (laughs) And actually, it was kind of fun. My uncle, who is a big card collector for my Hall of Fame induction, he gave me a present. And it was uh, 18 cards of the quarterbacks that I blocked for that, that started for me. And what was missing on there was Deshaun Kaiser and Kevin Hogan. And my son and I, we looked at it. And we were trying to figure out the two that were missing, and we couldn't figure it out. We had to look it up. And then, uh, of course, my son Jack was like, Dad, we got to order those right away. So we went on eBay, and we ordered those cards. And when I pulled it up and I showed him, he goes, Dad, those cards are only 99 cents? And I go, yeah, they played like two years in the NFL, like five games. Like, it's probably not an expensive uh, baseball or football card. And he was just blown away that they could buy those cards for a dollar. <laughs> Joe, flip side to what Mike was talking about, you were always winning the one-on-one battles. I mean, 10 straight Pro Bowls, but the team never seemed to get, you know, where you wanted them to go. How was it dealing with that being, you know, the guy that could do the one-on-one thing, but we couldn't just take the next step as a team? Yeah, I think it was frustrating, but one thing that helped me was I played for Romeo Cornell and Eric Mangini my first four years, and those guys were Parcells, Belichick disciples, and we all know it's all about just do your job and worry about exactly what you have to do so you're not wasting your time worrying about stuff you don't control. And so I think that got beat into my head a lot where it it was nice to be able to know that like I only had to worry about what I was doing and that focusing my energy on worrying about the team's success or what the quarterback was doing or what the defense was doing was just wasted energy. Um, so it kind of helped just focus my intensity and all of my effort and my attention on my own job, because it can be very frustrating when you're doing your job over and over and over again, and you're doing a good job and you have nothing to show for it. And and towards the end of my career, I've talked about this a few times. It did creep into my mental psyche that it really started affecting me like in a negative, like mental health manner where I was making Pro Bowl after Pro Bowl playing the best football of my career. Literally, I would go out and as an offensive lineman, it's not very common to play a perfect game because you can always usually make a little step a little bit differently or you can push your guy just a little bit further. And And I was playing perfect games and we were still losing by 30. And so you get this helpless feeling, right? And you're like, what am I doing out here? There's nothing I can do more to help this team and we're still getting shellacked. And I, I think I, you know, I talked with our psychologist a little bit because I needed to talk to somebody about it because it is so frustrating and it feels like you've lost control of your career and your life a little bit. So it was not fun at times, um, but I think it did teach me and actually made me a better player because it made me just so hyper-focused on what I have to do and knowing that I have to be absolutely perfect if my team wants to have a chance to win the game. Joe, I want to bring it back one second to the Hall of Fame. I'm kind of curious how the Hall of Fame bust process works because your bust has you with hair. You've lost weight, obviously, since you played. How do they determine, I guess, the era that they are going to immortalize when you go? I asked for the Mike Golick look, and they said, well, we're not exactly going to allow you to pick whatever look you want, (laughs) but they actually do give you a full range of possibilities because the sculptor, basically, you sit down with him for a full day, and he's like, we can do whatever you want. Like, if you want 
your no hair look, if you want, you know, your young look, if you want to look like you do right now, we can sculpt you however you want, because more than anything, they want you to be happy when you take that gold sheet off and the world sees your bust. They don't want any of these, you know, Ronaldo moments uh, where you pull it off and it looks like (laughs) some type of space alien. Uh, (laughs) And so I I think that was kind of cool because I was like, all right. I don't want to be 325, so I don't want to be super fat, but and I'd like to have a little bit of hair more like I did when I was younger. Uh, and so my wife joked, she's like, your bust, it's it's you, but it's like pieces of you because like you got hair from when you were in your second or third year, but you're also skinnier like you were at, in your last couple of years in the NFL. So uh, it was definitely a little bit of a blend, uh, an all-star version of myself. I, I'll, I'll maybe throw it out there. I, I think it's, probably going to be hard to remember and i heard you talk about it you know the 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 plays 10,000 was a 10363 or 63 yeah. so whatever the number it is it's an incredible number and you even mentioned there's got to be some luck involved right to not have oh, yeah. something happen to your equipment something to not come off the field how and i don't know if you can remember on the 10,000 plays but how close were you a couple of times where you had to come off a shoe came off something that would have made you come off the field Yeah, I I became pretty psychotic about how I tied my shoes on towards the end of my career. I mean, I was switching out my shoelaces a couple times during the season. I was putting new chin straps on because when I was getting close to 10,000 snaps, I didn't want anything goofy to happen. Like, if you get injured, that's one thing. But if there was something that you could have controlled that, like, was within – the bounds of if you would have just thought about, hey, you know, my shoelaces are getting a little worn and maybe I should replace those or, you know, maybe I should tie my shoes a little bit tighter in this game, you know, doing stuff like that. I wanted to make sure I had covered all those bases. But in 2012, um, the last game of the season against the Steelers, I actually tore my LCL grade two and I was able to play through it. The doctors said, hey, if you can go out and finish the game, finish the game, then we'll figure out what happened. And it was after the game that uh, I got an MRI and found out I had a grade two LCL uh, tear and it would have caused me to miss four weeks. But thankfully, it was the last week of the wow. season. So there's one example of just getting very yeah. fortunate about when you get injured, wow. allowing you to continue your streak. One of the things Stu and I deal with as Jet fans was DeBrickashaw Ferguson had a long stretch yeah, he where he never screwed. came out. And that's what I was going to ask. So he came <laughs> out because they wanted to do uh, yes. pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo with the end of the game. Yes. <laughs> so had they ever been like, hey, if this ever happens in the game, you're going to, and you're like, no, I'm not coming out. This is, I will catch the yeah. ball and throw it back. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say DeBrickashaw played like 10 years in a row or something yeah. like that. And he yeah. only missed maybe one play. And it was one of those, like you said, where yeah. they pulled him out to put a bunch of like linebackers in at line to be able to try to do the fumble, you know, fumble ruski lateral play. Um, and towards the end of my career, there was some conversations about like, if we are going to substitute our offensive line for whatever reason, uh, for a regular play at the end of a game for some of those special situations, let's leave Joe in there because we're probably not going to win anyway. And we don't want to do something silly to ruin the the snap streak by, you know, pulling him out for a a lateral play. That's not going to work anyway. So you where where do you sit now watching the Browns? I mean, Deshaun Watson, it's really kind of a a big year for him coming in, you know, after coming in last year and really looking bad, playing rusty. We all know the backstory with him and kind of what's going on with the Haslam's giving him the guaranteed money. But where do you see this Browns team now? Mm -hmm. It's a huge year for everybody, for Deshaun, for Kevin Stefanski, Andrew Barry. I mean, this is kind of like uh, their year to either make or break. Um, 
they've had some success since they got there. They obviously went all in with Deshaun Watson last year for all the reasons that we ha- we don't have to talk about. Was a bad year. He looked uncomfortable. I did their preseason games uh, in August, and so I had a couple chances to sit down with Deshaun and just talk to him about it. And he said basically they had built an offense for Jacoby, which makes sense because Jacoby was their quarterback for right. two thirds of the year, and it was an in the pocket passing game with heavy tight end usage, condensed formations. I mean, what you'd expect for a guy like Jacoby Brissett who wants to throw the ball in the pocket. And when Deshaun came in there, they really didn't have time to change their entire offense for five games at the end of the season. And so Deshaun said he never felt comfortable playing in that offense. It wasn't balanced. It was more set up to run with Nick Chubb and to throw to Amari Cooper. And the line really didn't understand how to block for him. And he said he felt rusty seeing the defense. He wasn't trusting his eyes. He felt like he was trying to hit the home run every single play. And he said he felt huge expectations, even more than his rookie season, because of all the things that had happened leading up to him coming there and then signing the huge guaranteed contract. And then the expectations of a franchise that, hey, we're going to do all these things to bring you here and then now make it worth it for us. And so I think he's feeling much more relieved, much more comfortable this year. He's seeing the defenses a lot better. And we saw that in their last preseason game. He had a couple touchdown drives in his two series out there with the team. And so, um, I think they're going to have a great season. I'm I'm really excited to see this offense. And one thing that nationally people might not be talking about too much because they're probably more focused on Deshaun Watson and the offense is Jim Schwartz came in as a defensive coordinator and he's really turned that defense around, which the defense has a lot of stars. They picked up Zadaria Smith uh, from Green Bay to be a pass rusher out there opposite Miles Garrett. They brought in Dalvin Tomlinson on the inside to help with stopping the run. And they've got a lot of stars in the secondary. So the defense is littered with talent, but they were just underperforming grossly last year. And so nobody really knows that the defense actually has the potential to be really good. And Jim Schwartz has showed it thus far in the preseason. And, you know, it's, it's going to take a great defensive effort in the AFC North to be able to shut out these ridiculous quarterbacks that we have in our division. Just going back to the Hall of Fame for a second, because I had the pleasure of going last year and the Mm. ceremony the night before was better than the actual ceremony Mm. the day of where everyone what everyone sees on TV. So if you wouldn't mind, just kind of put us there as your first ballot Hall of Famer, Joe, put us there. What you were thinking, what was going through your mind as that as that entire amazing weekend unfolded for you? Mm. Yeah, the the weekend was a week of in incredible emotions and feelings like you you walk home and you're just completely exhausted because you've gone through every range of emotion for the last seven or eight days straight um but the gold jacket dinner which was the night before the enshrinement was actually it was my favorite event um because that's where you actually get your gold jacket you walk through a tunnel of 100 hall of famers they give you hugs and handshakes and you get up on stage and and that's the moment where you're introduced sort of for the first time with your gold jacket on as a Hall of Famer to the crowd. And for me, it was a special, especially special because um, I was the last one to go. It was obviously a lot of Browns fans there being in Canton an hour from Cleveland. Um, but they told us that family wasn't going to be allowed to come up on stage that as soon as you come off. They would take a picture with you. But as the last one up there, my kids were waiting right on the sidelines, right off the stage. And as I was kind of waving to Browns fans facing the other direction, somebody said, hey, go ahead and go up there and see your dad. And so they ran up and tackled my legs uh, like when I didn't expect it. And it just 
it turned me into a puddle and I just started just crying and I was just overwhelmed with emotion. And I've, I've actually, I just tracked down today, the photographer that took this amazing picture of me holding my four-year-old daughter over my shoulder. My son's looking up at me and my other two older daughters are looking at me like just with pride in their eyes. Um, and I think for a dad, like just to have your kids pride and respect is all you've ever wanted. And to see that in that moment and feel that for the first time as a hall of famer is a feeling that I'll never forget the rest of my life. God. It's amazing how it's the 180. When I would go home from a game, my kids would be like, Daddy, why did that big guy beat you up all day? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> why is that other big guy experience. making all the plays? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, Joe Thomas, we uh, we appreciate this very much. Congratulations on getting into the Hall of Fame. And please, please promote anything you have going on uh, on the way out here. Oh, well, I got too many things to promote. So just <laughs> thank you guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been a lot of fun. Hopefully we can do it again. All right. Fun episode, guys. Really good episode as we get into regular season form here. But I do have a concern. I feel like Michael Wright is very busy, a very successful podcaster, very good at fantasy football, and we completely wasted his time and the audiences for that matter. Yeah, I when Nitro asked us for help, I didn't think it was going to be to the extent of how did quarterbacks get points? <laughs> or Michael Wright having to look up the Yahoo rules and explaining them to Nitro? <laughs> what a flex is! I thought we, I thought I didn't think it was that level of help. That was look. I'm glad we helped provide it. I was very surprised that that was the level that we needed to get to, and I feel bad a little bit. Because I I feel like Mikey had actual questions that he wanted to ask. I had so many questions. But it was like, so what, is, what is PPR? And then Mike, Mike, incredible. Very nice guy. We need to have him back on at some point to give Next us week. more <laughs> fantasy advice. Because we got bogged down with just kind of like, you know, the very basics of fantasy. I'll tell you a quick story, and this is how upset Mikey A was, because on the way to driving home, calling Mikey A before that interview, I said to him, hey, is this going to be good, what we're doing with Nitro? And he said, don't worry, if it's not, I've got a ton of fantasy questions for Michael so Wright. So many questions. We didn't get to one of them. <laughs> how do you ask about TJ Hawkinson's upside when you got to explain what a reception is? <laughs> oh, that's that, that that's not fair. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> Uh, is but I'm told Nitro wants to come back. I was just going to say, <laughs> what do we do here? Because after that interview, uh, the the person that helped us get Nitro said, you guys want Nitro back? Nitro says he, you guys want him back or he's going to come back. And what do we do? What do we do with Nitro? Because are we going to check in every week on his fantasy team? Incidentally, I was told Michael Wright never wants to come back. That's, that's not true. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Nitro is one of these people, by the way, that everyone seems to know and love because of American Gladiators, which was surprising. I was surprised that Mike was like so excited to be helping Nitro. I was surprised that Joe Thomas was excited to see Nitro. Golik didn't seem to care one way or another, to be honest. Golik didn't know who it was. No, he, doesn't, he doesn't bother. <laughs> At one point, I think he even left the Zoom. He's like, I'll be back when these jokers are done with whatever. Did you hear... Did you hear what Michael said when we asked him if he would help Nitro? He said, you brought me so much. You you filled so much of my time when I was a child. It's the least I could do to return the favor. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Do we know if Michael indeed did help Nitro with his draft? Do we I know don't that? know. I, we okay. need to, we'd have to check back with Nitro. And what's going to happen? 
Nitro's Nitro's gonna have taken like a kicker like really early or something because someone convinced him don't listen to this guy he doesn't know what he's talking about or just right. there's always that panic pick in fantasy where it's like oh my god three people took defenses in a row in the sixth round I need to take a defense now or they're not gonna be around anymore. <laughs> my uh, Billy, can we do this? Can we have Nitro back on next week? I don't know. Let him tell us his team and let Michael Wright evaluate his team for him. Can oh, we? Okay. And then we ask Michael Wright fantasy questions. I, okay. So real hey, ones. Hold on. Hold on real ones. This is going to be the first week of the year, and this is what we're going to do: is <laughs> revisit Nitro's fantasy team immediately. It's God bless football. It's what we do. I mean, uh, that's what, we have Golik and Sims, so we could do shit like that. I mean, K Funk's been texting me. I don't know what to tell him. Oh my god! How about Mojo? Has Java reached out? Java's never going to reach out to me. Java hates us. Never. I want to have them back, just for the record. So do I. I, I want to have them back. We just yeah. need to figure out how to make that happen. Uh, I love them. But we lose, uh, I think we lost Chris Gronkowski because he's got a deal elsewhere or something. <sighs> yeah. Let's replace him with Nitro. I'm not writing Chris off yet. I, I'm going to figure out a way to make this work. Okay. I don't know even, how. Even with Jabba? Yeah, yeah, Jabba. Yeah, no. I mean, guys, we're, we're in this together. We need to. Yes. We're all going to go down with this ship for better yes. or worse, okay? Like, we'll figure this out. Somehow, Listen, some way. There are a few people who are in this thing, whether they like it or not. Uh, we're three of them. Golik is the fourth. Uh, Mojo, K-Funk, Jabba, and Chris Gronkowski are the other four. And Chris yeah. Sims is last. That's it. Right? Yeah. yeah. Chris Sims is the first one to get off the boat, though. We can agree on that, right? Like, if there's any sign of trouble, he's like, all right, found a lifeboat. See you guys later. Chris Sims oh, you mean Chris Sims would have pushed kids out of the way to, to get off the Titanic, right? If we You're saying that, that Sims would bail on us. We would, Yes, I agree with that. <laughs> Put it on the poll. Would Chris Sims have pushed kids off the Titanic to save himself? <laughs> He's going to beat the living hell out of you. Man. He's so strong. I hope we don't see him until Radio Row. But you're saying we wouldn't bail on Sims. Sims would bail on us, right? Yeah, I mean, he's a big shot. <laughs> he doesn't need us. He doesn't need us. And and Senior got his own show on DraftKings now, so he doesn't need us either. Oh, we're f***ed. Lots changed over the years. I used to be in great shape, a great athlete. Now I'm not, and it hurts when I get out of a chair. You know one thing that hasn't changed? The great taste of Miller Lite. It was the original light beer, and to this day, it's still the best one. Miller Lite has more of the taste you want, and less of the stuff you don't want. Sometimes you watch the game and you think, you know what would be fun? If I go and I compete against my friends in football, and then if I beat them, I'm going to have a really good time. But you know what's even more fun? Not even getting out of your chair and drinking a Miller Lite. Just sit back and take a sip. Ah, delicious. We can just bond and laugh with our friends. No injuries, no sweat, no embarrassment because you're not the athlete you used to be. Times change, but you can always enjoy the great taste of Miller Lite. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com GBF. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Stugatier, guys, listen up. 52% of men over 40 experience some form of ED between the ages of 40 and 70, but it's always been a taboo topic. Hims provides access to clinically proven generic alternatives to Viagra and Cialis up to 95% cheaper with options as low as $2 per dose, plus a range of other treatment options, including new sex chews. The process is simple and 100% online. No uncomfortable doctor's visits. Answer a series of questions on their site. A medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash GBF. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash GBF for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash GBF. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. Sex choose are compounded products and have not been approved by the FDA. The FDA does not verify the safety or effectiveness of compounded drugs. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus.